that affirmation was the first step to changing my life, I believe. I wasn't seen for a very long time. I was seen, mm -hmm. but I was seen as an inauthentic version of who I was. We're programmed to be this version of ourselves that fits all these boxes. I fully believed it. When we're kids, we believe it until somebody comes and says. Today on the show, we have a powerhouse entrepreneur, host of the I Dare You podcast, an international speaker who has shared the stage with some top thought leaders and celebrities, including Gary Vaynerchuk, Eric Thomas, Emmett Smith, Snoop Dogg, and Martha Stewart, to name a few. She was also named one of the top 50 speakers in the world by Real Leaders Magazine. But despite all that, she remains a true New Yorker at heart, and she shares her Manhattan home with her awesome husband, Chris. She's somebody I'm so honored to call a friend and can't wait to get into this interview with. Welcome to the show, Jen Gottlieb. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thanks, Jeff. I'm Hi. so happy to be here. I am so excited you finally are here because we talk too often and you are too far away. I mean, you couldn't be further away from me. I know. I know. It's bad. But now I'm, I'm seriously made a trip specifically to see you to be on this. I couldn't wait. This is like a dream come true. And being here in your really dope office <laughs> is like... It's it's very cool. Congratulations. Well, thank you. You and Chris need to move out of New York City <laughs> and come to Southern California so we can do this more often. You hear that, Chris? Come on. It's time. All right, Chris. New, York, New York's had you guys long enough. No, it definitely has. But no, the, the next trip is you coming to New York and doing the Acai Bowl tour. Yes. Okay, so I want everybody that's listening right now, Jeff is coming to New York. We're going to do an Acai Bowl tour of New York City, trying all the different ones so that we can do our market research mm -hmm. and then get an Everbowl or several of or them several. in New York City. And then we'll record it. And Roger Rojas is going to come with us and record the whole thing. And it'll be content. I'm only doing it if I get to do a VIP day with you and Chris. Done. Because that is one of the coolest options. If you're listening, before we even get into all this, <laughs> just stop, hit pause, and book a VIP day with Jen and Chris. It'll change your life. Listen to him, not me. Mm -hmm. It's true. <laughs> it's facts. It was said here and it's factual. But thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. I can't wait. Obviously... I have so many things I want to talk to you about because you are a badass at absolutely everything you touch. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And Thank you are you. one of the most inspiring speakers that, you know, I, I'm speaking on stages and I like listening to speakers before and after me, but there are only a handful that like I make sure, even if it's not right before and after that I stay and listen to. And you are one of those speakers. Thank you, Jeff. That, oh my gosh. I remember hearing you speak and it was the first time I think I was ever introduced to you. Like I knew who you were, but I never really got to communicate with you. And I heard you speak on stage and I was like, that guy knows what he's doing. And I was so inspired, unbelievably inspired. And actually a lot of what I do now, you inspired because you talk a lot. You'll talk a lot about relationships. That's what your book's about relationships, networking, our company, Super Connector Media. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're clearly doing something right. You like double tapped on what I say. And I love that when really successful people are doing it. Like, okay, he's doing it too. And I'm saying that it works. And like, he's actually actioning on it as well. And he's so successful. So I love that. And it just inspired me to talk about it even more and to keep going and double downing on that. Well, thank you. You're making me blush on my Good. own show. Good. I want that dimple to get nice and red. <laughs> my fake dimple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I say all that because I think what you provide, you know, the name of your book is coming out. Mm -hmm. For those who haven't pre-ordered, pre-order. It's coming out in October. Mm -hmm. Be seen. Mm -hmm. But you really help. And I reached out to you in December, mm -hmm. we talked about, because I think you are world class at helping elevate brands, elevate individuals. And I mean, you come from the PR world, mm -hmm. but you know how to amplify a message. Mm -hmm. And I did a post on my social media the other day. It might have even been today. And it said, 
you can have the most amazing product in the world, but if no one knows about it, no one knows about it. And that's been the forefront of your entire business. And you've done it for yourself. You've done it for other brands. You've sold, I mean, you've sold a PR company. I mean, the list that we mentioned in the bio is it's incredible, but what do you attribute and what made you kind of see the world in the way you do, which said, Hey, I'm going to help amplify all these messages and all these people and brands. Like what, what was the inspiration for Jen to say, that's what I see. That's what I want to help. That's what I want to be a part of. Well, I initially moved to New York City when I was 20 to be an actress. I thought that that was my purpose on this planet, that I was going to say other people's lines and sing other people's songs. I was a musical theater actress. I moved to New York at 20 years old. I dropped out of college to study musical theater full time at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy on the Upper West Side of New York. And I was like, this is my this is my life's goal. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to you know be a waitress if I have to, and I'm just going to audition. I'm going to live that actor lifestyle. So I go to school for performing and then right after school or like right towards the end of school, I ended up getting this role, my dream role in the Broadway national tour of The Wedding Singer. You know the Adam Sandler movie? I do. Yeah. So I played Linda the bitch that leaves Robbie Hart at the (laughs) altar. It was my dream role. For some reason, I saw that role on Broadway and I was like, that's my part. Like I have to play that part. And I was dead set on it. And that experience of actually booking that part and getting it was a huge, huge like- Was that your first real role? Yes. But realization in that, if I'm persistent and I don't give up, I can make whatever I want happen. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't, I couldn't have been further away from actually getting a Broadway part at the moment in time when I saw the woman play the role on the stage. And I was like, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that one day. And I decided, I was like, I'm just, this is my, this is like my challenge to myself. I'm gonna make this happen. And I eventually did. And when I did, and I played the role on stage for the first time, I was like, holy crap, Jen, if you want something, and you're persistent and you consistently take action and you see yourself in it and you believe that you can do it, you actually can make things happen. And so that was my first real like, I guess lesson in entrepreneurship through my acting career. But I realized from being an actress and then coming back from that tour, I didn't like the lifestyle of being on tour. It's really hard, it's really lonely, you don't make a lot of money and you're working, you're doing 10 shows a week, your body's exhausted and I felt like a gypsy, I didn't have a home base and that was one of those experiences where I realized that I thought I wanted something my entire life because I thought it was something that it was, like that it wasn't. And then I did it and it was such a gift though because I did it and I realized that that wasn't what I wanted to do. And I think that happens for a lot of business owners. Mm-hmm. They have this vision of what they think they want and then they do it and they're like, crap, this isn't what I thought. And then they have to pivot and they get upset about it. But I actually think there's so many hidden gifts in that because that experience gave me so many lessons that I needed to be able to do what I do now. And I didn't even realize it at the time. So when I got back from The Wedding Singer, I got this job on this TV show on VH1 about heavy metal music. <laughs> I don't like heavy metal music. What made you even apply for that job? So the role that I played in The Wedding Singer was Linda, and she's like this wannabe rocker chick. She's like a mixture of uh, Lita Ford and Joan Jett and Madonna, like like a virgin, but like really funny and kooky and comedic, but like this metal rocker 80s girl. And so when I got back, I was like, I saw this casting for this show on VH1 where they needed a sexy rocker chick. And I'm like, oh, great. I just Mm -hmm. did that. I could do this. Let's go. And so I... The day before the audition, I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to Google everything there is to know about heavy metal, and I'm going to pretend that I like metal. I'm going to pretend I know everything, so I'm going to get this part. And so I'm researching. I'm, I'm like, memorizing these songs and these bands. I had no idea, like, what – I was, like – 
Poison and ACDC and Black Sabbath. I'm like, yes, I love this. This is great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pretend that I like this. And I go to this audition. There's like 50 girls in the waiting room and they all are real metal girls. Like they've got like lots of tattoos and piercings and like all the things. And they live the life. Completely. And I was wearing a fake Van Halen t-shirt <laughs> from Bloomingdale's, you know, those like mm -hmm. fake shirts. And I go in. Did you have spikes? No, not around my neck, okay. but I did wear high, like thigh high boots and like my little Van Halen shirt tied up. Mm -hmm. I got more metal as I got the part though. Sure. Yeah, but I was, I was just dipping my toe for the audition. And I went in and I forgot everything there was to like that I, that I studied, everything. So I like blew, the, I felt that I blew the audition and they're asking me, they're like, what kind of bands do you like? And I'm like, oh, I like, um, I like Beyonce and Black Sabbath. <laughs> I like, I was like, like, forget it. This is over. And then the producer looks at my resume. Cause when you're an actor, you give your headshot and your resume, especially back in the day before like the internet. Uh, he was like, oh, I see that you do a great Britney Spears impersonation. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going in such the wrong direction. I thought this was a heavy metal thing. I blew this. I'm not getting this. And so I just decided in that moment, all right, I'm just going to be Jen. Yep. I got to stop pretending to be somebody that I'm not because I already blew it anyway. So forget it. So I kind of took down my mask in that moment and stopped trying to be somebody else. And I was like, yeah, I do. I do a great Britney Spears impersonation. That's on there, but I know that doesn't help us here, but whatever. And he's like, can we see it? And so I sang like Britney Spears in my heavy metal audition. They laughed hysterically. They loved it. And when they called me and told me that I got this part on this show that ended up changing my life, they were like, Jen, it was the Britney we all like just laughed and thought we could have fun with you. And we saw like, like this girl that we really enjoyed and we just want you to be on set with us. And that's a lesson that I had to consistently learn throughout my life. But in that moment, it was a reminder that when you show up and you're allowed, you allow yourself to be seen as who you really are, that's usually what creates all the opportunities because people don't want to see fake. They can mm. see right through it. But when they were able to see real me, even though it was like Britney Spears at a heavy metal audition, <laughs> they were like, that's why we want you because of who you really are. Yes. So I get this gig on this heavy metal talk show. I end up going deep down the rabbit hole of pretending and building this brand and pretending that I was this heavy metal girl. And it was completely inauthentic to who I was. Even though they booked me for who I truly was, I started to like just put the mask on, pretend that I was this girl because the show got bigger and bigger and bigger. I thought that everybody wanted to see me as this metal chick. Did you learn to like metal a little bit? No, Okay. not at all. I just pretended that I did. Sure. And people could sense that. And I truly believe that when you're out of alignment in your job and in what you're doing and the brand that you're building and the audience that you're building, you become out of alignment in your life. Because I knew deep down that I was like living this lie and I was out of alignment with who I really was. I was starting to lose real Jen and I was wrapped up in this world and this character that I was portraying. And everything kind of came crashing down because I believe that when you're out of alignment, the universe will come and smack you back in if, yeah. if you can't get back in yourself. And I was in this relationship with this guy that was totally toxic. I was in a really deep depression. I was severely bulimic, all the things that come with being in the entertainment industry. I just lost myself. I was a hot mess. And the show got canceled. The boyfriend broke up with me. And I went from living in this multi-million dollar apartment with him, with this life, with this TV show and all this from the outside, very sparkly stuff to having to start over and moving into like a little tiny apartment with six other actors, the window that faced a wall. Yeah. And I had to figure out who I really was and I had to start over. What was the thing you told yourself that let you start over? 
I remember looking out at that brick wall right when I moved into that room. And every morning I would look out like, how did this happen? And I just kept saying to myself, one day I'll know. Like one day I'll know. This sucks so bad. One day I'll know why this happened. One day there will be a reason. And I just started to think about what could that reason be? And I, my mom had to step in because I was in a severe depression at this time. I was like, I don't even know what to do with my life. And my mom came to New York City and she took me to dinner. And my mom is a Reiki master and like very into spirituality. And I wasn't at the time, not even a little bit, like not even into personal <laughs> development a tiny bit. And we're sitting at this Italian restaurant. I'm crying and the bill comes and she takes out her wallet to pay the bill, but she slides this book across the table. And it's this book called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. It's a book of affirmations. And of course I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, mom. You know, like yeah. you with your- Like this is gonna help me right now. Woo woo books. Like she knew I wasn't gonna read the book. So she photocopied one of the affirmations inside the book and put it in the front. I go home and I open this up and there's a photocopy. And on the back it says, Jenny, I hope you find yourself again. And so I took this affirmation and I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna read this book. Mom knew I wasn't gonna read it but I'm gonna take this affirmation and I'm gonna put it on my refrigerator and I'll just read the stupid thing every day. I'm gonna read it every day and that's it. That's all I'm gonna commit to. So every day I woke up and I read this affirmation, even though I didn't really believe in it. Sometimes I was like, this is so stupid, but I read it and every day that I read it, it kind of started to transform the way that I thought about things. And it helped me just take another action step in the right direction and figure out what I wanted to do and start to find who I really was again. And like, it was helping without me even realizing it was helping. Mm -hmm. But the real kicker here is that affirmation was the first step to changing my life. I believe just, it was reprogramming my brain slowly but surely and helping me to like expand and dive in deeper into personal development, dive in deeper into like my potential entrepreneurial journey. That book was written by Louise Hay. And my publisher for Be Seen is Hay House. Louise Hayes Publishing Company. Now, Louise Hayes is no longer with us. She died, but I believe that she was watching over me and it couldn't be a more perfect fit really <laughs> for my couldn't. publisher to be Louise Hay. And I got to tell the, you know, my team that. that's just circumstance. Complete. You didn't seek them out. No, no. Actually, we were pitching all, all different publishers for this book. Wow. And that was the one that ended up being the best fit. Do you still read that affirmation? I have it. I have it. I don't read that one every day. I have several other ones, sure. but not that one. That Did you ever end up reading the book? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a great book. See, Mom? Eventually, she read the book. Yes. Yes. For sure. That's you cool. You can heal your life. It's a good book. But to answer your question about being seen, I wasn't seen for a very long time. I was seen, mm -hmm. but I was seen as an inauthentic version of who I was. And it wasn't until I figured out who I really was and started allowing the world to really see me was when everything changed and everything really took off. So it's my mission to help people with a service, a story, or a product allow the world to see them so that the, those people that need their help can get their help. And if you're seen as an authentic, inauthentic version of yourself, and if you are not true to who you really are, you'll start to build a brand and an audience that's not true to who you really are. And then you'll be out of alignment and you'll never serve anybody. Yeah. It's hard to, <clears throat> I find it hard. And I think I speak for a lot of people. It's hard sometimes to be the authentic version of yourself because we don't always know what that is. Yeah. And I'm assuming part of the work you have to do is to help people figure out their authentic voice, their authentic who they are, mm -hmm. because we're programmed to be this version of ourselves that fits all these boxes, whether we're an employee or employer, or founder or, not, or executive or mom or dad or brother, sister, 
relationship, whatever we are, there's like a, a profile that comes with that. So how do you help individuals break through that and realize this is the who I am? I'm not the fake rock-loving Britney <laughs> Spears impersonating Jen, but I am this Jen. Yeah. I think the word should starts to happen in our life in a big way when we're growing up, right? I I believe that when we're, when we're little kids, we really know. We know. Like yeah. when I was a little girl— I had this moment, I was a performer. I was on stage all the time and I had this moment where I was in this children's theater company and they asked us to step forward and say our name and say what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I remember stepping forward and looking out at the audience with like the lights and seeing my mom and my dad. And, and I was like, oh, I'm Jenny Gottlieb and when I grow up, I'm gonna be a Broadway star. And I fully believed it. When we're kids, we believe it mm -hmm. until somebody comes and says, you should really do this. You should be quiet. You should dress a certain way. You should sit down. You should not talk so loud. You should probably be a doctor or a lawyer, or you should probably do something that's a little bit more concrete than wanting to be an actress, right? And all of these shoulds, it's, and a lot of the times it's people that really love us and care about us. They just have their own fear and their own issues. So they should all over you. And then you start shooting all over yourself. And when you should all over yourself, you make a really big mess. <laughs> so a lot of the times we know who we really are and we start to lose it over time. And that's what happened to me. And, and the best way to figure out like who you really are and what you want to do in this life and, and what that spark is and, and that, that true, like in the pocket version of you, I like to call it, mm -hmm. is by tapping back into who that little kid is, I find. That's always how I do it. I'll lose myself sometimes still. Every once in a while, you start to follow a path, uh, even now in our experience, right? We compare ourselves to other people on the internet. We maybe try a, a business or something that we feel like we should be doing because someone said we should, and it doesn't feel in alignment. We start to kind of lose ourselves and we have to tap back into who we really are. Mm -hmm. So I have a couple different exercises that are in the book that can help you really tap into like real Jeff. I call it like real Jen, mm -hmm. you know, that little girl that was on that stage that knew I needed to be there. And I had that moment. So I like to do these things called wonder walks. We might get a little woo for this podcast, right, but I go. think that everybody, every entrepreneur should do these. They're amazing. And they can help you problem solve. They can help you manifest things and create things, come up with ideas or tap back into your most authentic real version of you. You can use it for a lot of different things, but let's talk about how to get back in the pocket with who you truly are. So what I'll do is let's say I've completely like lost, you know, I've lost my way for a second. Like I'm doing something. It doesn't feel like me. I feel out of alignment. I feel out of, you know, out, out of flow. I'll go for a walk and I'll put on a song that I used to listen to when I was little or a song that I listened to when I felt the most Jen, the most in the pocket. So Jeff, when was a time in your life where you felt the most Jeff ever? Middle school. Middle, you, you were like, I am so Jeff. Yes. What was your favorite song during that time? Oof. Uh... Favorite song, middle school. Uh, that's tough. It. I have to now I have to go back and think about songs. Um, Give me a memory or the first thing that comes to your mind when you were like having that moment of I'm so Jeff, I'm so in the pocket, I'm such a badass from middle school. Can you just give me like a quick yeah, it was memory? Usually, it was usually activities. Okay. Because I was really big into sports. Okay. And back in middle school, I was a late bloomer in high school. So I was really little when yeah. in high school, but in middle school, Everyone was little. Yeah. So I was like the badass. You were the badass yeah, so in sports. I was, I was 
I wasn't the shortest guy, so I wasn't like naturally like pick last. Like yeah. it was like, no, this guy. All I right. was the star. So I was just in my element. So here's what I, was I would be do. A professional sports athlete. You were. I was. You still can. Yeah, it's a little, maybe, <laughs> maybe it'll be a cool story. It'll be Powered like by Everball. Yes. Everball will just sponsor a, a team. Yeah, there you go. There I'll you go. Buy, we'll buy a team. There you go. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Fuck sponsor. Yeah. Buy a team. Buy. Okay. So this is what you, I would want you to do is yeah. put on any kind of song that makes you feel really badass and empowered. And then I want you to go for a walk and I want you to put yourself back in that sports game. Okay. So think of one sports game that you crushed it. And at the end you were just like, oh yes. And you were so in flow and you were so Jeff. And maybe you put on a song that you really like now that pumps you up and amps you up and go outside and go for a walk and walk out as that Jeff. Okay. Put yourself in that body. You are that little Jeff that just won the game and crushed it. And you put on that song and just envision that you're walking back from that game and start to embody that guy, what that guy felt like. And walk around the planet and navigate the world as that kid. Every single time I do that, I'm like, that's who I am. Hey, fitness fans, ready to crush your fitness goals? Make your move to EOS Fitness, where becoming a member starts at just $9.99 a month. Gyms are open 24-7 and packed with the latest gym equipment to keep your workouts fresh. What are you waiting for? Give them a call, drop by, or hit up jefffenster.com forward slash EOS to join. EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. Now, let's get after those goals. Hey, everybody. Looking for great insights? Entrepreneur.com's podcast network is the place for you. Check out podcasts like Problem Solvers and Smart Passive Income for smart advice. Hear true stories on how success happens, financial updates on dirty money, deep dives with behind the review, and food trends on restaurant influencers. And don't miss my new show. It's all at entrepreneur.com forward slash listen. Let's start our success journey today. And then I think about what's the decision that I need to make. I want to make it from that gen, not any other gen. Now, should I be doing this thing? Am I doing this for me or am I doing this for somebody else? And am I doing this the way that that Jen would do it? Are you doing it the way that that empowered little boy with all that energy and like, I'm a freaking rock star would do it? Yes or no? If it's a no, go do, do something it. else. That's great. And what I love about what you said is because you said from, you said the word I am in there. Yeah. And a lot of people believe I am is the most powerful two words because anything you put after it manifests. Mm -hmm. And it's true when you, Put yourself, and when I'm thinking back to my own life, like every time I've, every time I feel I've been out of alignment is when I am not trying to, I'm trying to be somebody for somebody else or for some situation. Yeah. The situation requires this. And to your point, I do a lot of shouldas. Yeah. Yeah. I need to do this. I should do this. But it, it doesn't come from, I am this. This is who I am. And mm -hmm. we get this one, this life one time. Yes. We get it once. Time doesn't stop. I have time. It's very faded, but it's tattooed on my wrist to remind is it, me. Is it faded because it's being removed or is it faded no, just because it was No, it's faded because it was so thin that I need to redo it. But I got it there, not because I wanted a tattoo clearly because it's barely there, but because I wanted the reminder that time does not stop, right? The amazing moments, they're temporary and the bad moments are temporary too, right? But the growth that comes as a result of all of those moments is permanent. Mm-hmm. So if you only get this day one time, why would you spend that day doing something that is completely out of alignment from what little Jeff wanted to do? Wouldn't you want to make little Jeff proud? Wouldn't yes. you want to bring all that power and that confidence and that love and that joy to yes. everything that you're doing today? So keep him in mind. So go for walks with him. And I like walking. Like the reason I do it while walking is because, you know, you're an athlete. But when you move your body, something happens to your brain. Yes, the blood's flowing. Yeah. 
Yeah. When you're outside, you got some energy. Yeah, the dopamine. And then you start to actually embody little Jeff. Is it going to be weird when you call me next time and I'm going to say, sorry, I'm spending some time with little Jeff? Not at all. I love it. It's not going to feel awkward? No, I'll be like, I'll call you back later. (laughs) Enjoy. Yeah. That's awesome. That's like really good. I mean, so you just gave me a tidbit for what I pre-ordered your book. I can't wait for your book. And you just gave me one tidbit. What's one other reason if you're not someone who's looking to, maybe you're not a leader of a company, Mm -hmm. maybe you're an employee and you're working a job that you love and you never want to be an entrepreneur, but you are listening to this show and you're like, I need to do better at being my authentic self inside of the organization or just Mm -hmm. as a human with the tactics that you're going to provide and I'll learn and be seen. Do they apply even if I'm not the leader of the organization? Absolutely. What I've found from talking to a lot of people, whether they be huge entrepreneurs and CEOs and billionaires or people that are in corporate and loving their life or parents or whatever stage of life you're in, the thing that I find that's always certain within every conversation or within every experience is that everybody wants to feel seen. Everybody wants to feel seen, whether that is they want you to listen to them and be interested in them and they want to feel seen and important and loved, but they don't know how to really connect Uh, So they don't have a network of people that they could connect to. And there's an entire section of the book on how to network and how to build your community because that's such an important part of being seen. Mm -hmm. you got to be seen by somebody, right? And it feels amazing when you can find that that tribe, right? Or it's like, gosh, I've been living this life that my parents wanted me to live for so long and people are seeing me as somebody that I'm not. And I just want to break through and I just want to be able to be myself. And I want to be in a relationship with somebody that really sees me for who I am. And so everything that I'm teaching throughout the book are stories mixed with strategies. And they're not just for entrepreneurs. They're for humans in general to help them feel seen and to help them show up in the world as who they are. Because everybody has something amazing to bring to this planet. And if you're not letting people see it, then what's the point? Mm -hmm. But you got to see you before you can let people see you. And you do something that most women, in my opinion, would never do. And I've gotten to watch you live on in the mornings because <laughs> you go live when you're doing your makeup, mm-hmm. which means you're totally okay with the world seeing. And I'm not that I don't think most women need makeup, in my personal opinion. <clears throat> but for example, my wife, she won't, she would kill me if I published a video of her putting on her makeup. But you do this incredible morning routine where you go live and let people ask you questions and you're doing your makeup and you're showing the entire experience of you transforming your beauty and physically in the day while providing value at the same moment. That's probably a vulnerable moment for you. How did you get the courage to do that? Because most women I talk to probably wouldn't do that. Very vulnerable moment. Very scary. Not something I wanted to do. But let me tell you something. Now that I do it, I love it. Yeah. But when I started doing it, I did <laughs> not want to do it. My friend, Jesse Lee. What's up, Jesse Lee? What's up, Jesse? She, what's up? She said to me, she's like, you know, Jen, like I do get ready with me on Instagram. I remember the first time she told me that. And I was like, are you crazy? I'm not going to go on, on Instagram with no makeup on. And she's like, I do it. And it's great to connect with my people. And I remember thinking like, I'm writing this book called Be Seen. I'm teaching people how to be seen. And yes, I like to post pictures of me with makeup on and the outfits and very curated stuff because I think that's important when you're building your brand to showcase the highlight reel. Everybody does it. You need to do it. It's, it's your online magazine. But I feel that it is also my responsibility that if I'm showing that, I need to also take it all down and connect with people truly vulnerably with my heart, with none of the makeup on, with nothing in so that they can see that I'm just like them. Mm-hmm. 
it's my responsibility. I would not be in integrity if I didn't show people that. And I felt like, okay, the best way for me to do that is to get over my own shit and do what Jesse Lee told me and just do one. So it started with, I, I'm, I'm very big on sticking with commitments that I make with myself. So I, I believe that confidence is built from just consistently sticking with those commitments. You make a commitment, you stick with it, you become more confident in your ability to trust yourself that you follow through. So if I make a commitment and I, I follow through on that. So I'm like, all right, Jen, dare of the day, you're going to go live on Instagram and you're going to put your makeup on. And the first time there wasn't a lot of people that showed up because they didn't know I was doing it and I just did it. And it wasn't very good and it was really scary. But here's the thing about confidence and about being seen and about making video. First time's always the hardest, but once you've gotten over that and you've taken that scary action step, the second time's not as hard. Mm -hmm. Then the third time's not as hard. And then you start getting wins. Then cool stuff starts to happen. Like people DMing you and saying, that live was amazing. It changed my life. Are you doing it again tomorrow? Thank you so much. Then I'm like, whoa, now I'm actually like accountable to people. Now people really want this. It's momentum. That's how it's created. And then that's how confidence is created because whereas before it was so scary for me to do it and I didn't want to do it and it felt too vulnerable. And now it's like non-negotiable. I just do it. Every day. Every day, Monday through Friday. Every no day, matter what. What time? I did not put a time on it because I tried to do that. And this is actually a, a really cool thing for everybody because I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this every day at 930. So everyone knows I'm doing it every day at 930. But my life doesn't go go with doing it every day at 930. So some days I would I was like, shit, I didn't do it at 930. So that would make me feel like I didn't stick with my commitment because I couldn't because I was speaking or I was doing something where I had to get ready at 7 and not 930. So in order to remove that, I say to people, listen, you got to set your bell. I get ready whenever I get ready. So sometimes I'm on the West Coast and it's going to be, you know, at this time. And sometimes I'm on the East Coast at a regular time and it's going to be at 10. It depends on what my day is. If you catch it, amazing. If you don't, sucks for you. And it, that's what helps me consistently stick with the commitment because I didn't put too many barriers on it. And so no matter what, my commitment is that I just do it whenever I'm getting ready. And what I love about it <clears throat> is I've, the value you provide is so good. Like I've caught myself watching you get ready and well, more listening to you get ready because I'll be driving and I'll have it and, and I'll be like, oh, Jen's live. Cool. I want to hear the value because I learn from you all the time. And I realized I just spent eight minutes watching Jen get ready, putting makeup on. But it's because you're giving me so much more meaningful material that the fact that you're doing that is almost forgotten now when I see it. The first time I was like, whoa, she's actually putting her makeup. Like, to me, that was like entertaining. Yeah. Because I've never seen a woman do that on, on uh, I didn't know Jesse did it. Um, but that was, it's just such a vulnerable step. And I love that you are confident enough to show both sides. Because to your point, the curated material is so essential and it's so important. And you speak on stages and you're a powerhouse entrepreneur and be seen. I mean, you're Broadway, like the, the epitome of showing the best version of yourself in this way. But then you're also willing to show behind the scenes and that transformation. And you do it daily and the commitment to it and what you talk about and the, and you, the questions that people ask you, like you really are adding value. It's not just, it's not just this vanity thing of I'm getting my, putting my makeup on. So women are watching other women put makeup on. It's really about inspiring and helping. I mean, people are asking you really deep questions. Yeah. It's not surface level. No, no, it's not surface level. It actually, and that was scarier actually for me sometimes than the actual like showing my face without makeup on was some of the questions that I was getting asked because these are big questions. And 
So what I do on Get Ready With Me is I, I say, listen, I'm not a beauty influencer. I'm not a makeup <laughs> artist. We're not, I'm not gonna teach you how to do makeup right now, okay? So if you're thinking about doing a Get Ready With Me or an Instagram Live, you can say all these things. I, I'm not gonna do that. I'm also not a psychiatrist. I'm not a mental health expert. What I'm sharing here is only my personal experience. That's all I can share. And if I give you, I, I can't give you advice because we're not doing actual coaching. You're just asking me a question on Instagram. So I'll give you my personal experience and what I would do in your shoes. Mm -hmm. and you can take it or leave it. And But that wasn't the initial thing that I would say. I didn't know how to navigate a lot of these questions in the beginning, and it was quite scary. But here's the thing. I could have backed off and been like, this is getting to be too much. I'm not going to do this anymore. But I made a commitment to myself, and I knew that so much growth would happen if I figured out how to answer these questions, and I could become a better coach, and I could become better at my content. And people always ask me. They're like, Jen, I want to be a speaker. How should I – how do I become a speaker? How do I become better at being a speaker too? And I'm like – you have a stage in your pocket, pull out your phone. We have hundreds of people. Not, and even if it's not hundreds of people, you may have five people that are willing mm -hmm. to watch you speak in your pocket right now. Pull it out and go live and speak every single day and get your reps in. That Instagram live has been the greatest tool for me to learn how to be a speaker because I'm forced to speak off the cuff every damn day. Yep. And I don't know what I'm going to say and I don't know what people are going to ask me, but it's reps. I'm yes. practicing. I'm practicing. So if you want to be a speaker, like we all got a phone where we can have an audience immediately at any point in time. Well, and and those reps have, I mean, what are you, top 50 speaker in America now? I mean, that's that doesn't come no. from luck. That comes from the reps. That comes from the dedication. That comes from you and who you are because you are so good at figuring out and being clear on the true gen. And I think that that is kind of, the magnetism of that, the fact that you're so confident in yourself, in your own skin, allows others to feel comfortable to say, hey, I, I want to be close to Jen. I want to I get some of that confidence, those vibes, that energy. And it's fascinating to me because as an actress, you spend so much time being someone you're not. Mm -hmm. That The fact that you've been able to pivot so well into losing the fake actress and now live the authentic Jen out into the world, vulnerable, exposed, real raw. I mean, it's, it's an inspiration. Thank you, Jeff. And I think it resonates with your audience on all those stages. Thank you. Thank so you. What made you switch from wanting to primarily focus on the PR side to, I mm -hmm. mean, now the speaking side is, yeah. is huge. Mm -hmm. So we had a PR agency, a very successful PR agency for Extremely. a while. Yeah. We represented some of the biggest brands, biggest influencers in the world. And it kind of happened by accident, as some businesses do. So we, my husband and I own this company together. When we started it, it was initially Chris doing these events. And I came on and partnered with him uh, as he was doing these events because I saw this stage and I saw, oh, my God, this is like my superpower. I can do this. I can help people be seen. I can help people become more confident. So we were doing these events. And someone came up to Chris at the end of the event and they're like, listen, I'm not going to do a done with you program. I'm not going to do a course. I would like for you to do my PR for me. And so we were like, we can figure that out. Sure. Okay. We weren't like, let's do a PR agency. It was like someone wanted it. So we started doing it. And then after we started becoming successful with that person, somebody else wanted it. And then somebody else. And before we knew it, we had this huge agency. And we had a company that we didn't really initially always want from the beginning. I mean, so many lessons. I learned leadership from owning a PR agency. I learned 
I mean, I learned company culture. I learned how to deal with team. I learned how to lead. All of, all of those things that come with owning a big company with lots of team members and being responsible for like having an agency, lots of different clients and all their needs and and crushing it and and then, you know, needing to figure out what to do in a crisis situation. All these things that I had no, no experience in, I learned. So it was like entrepreneurial school 101. So I'm so grateful for it. But we, at the same time, simultaneously, when we were having our, we had our agency, we also had another section of our company, which was the education portion. So the events and our mastermind and teaching entrepreneurs and business owners and thought leaders how to be seen and how to build their brand and how to get publicity on their own. And that was always our favorite part. It was always the part that we loved. And we had to make a really big decision. Um, it was over the summer. Chris and I came together and we're like, what would happen if we took all of our energy and we put it towards the thing that we love? So this goes back to the should conversation. Many people would say, you should keep your agency. It's profitable. It's doing great. Why would you get rid of something that's working? And we thought about it and we're like, we get this life once. We want to do what we love. We loved teaching these people who had never been seen ever, who did something spectacular, like were a doctor that was changing people's lives or a coach that transformed people or helped people with um, with mental illness. Like people were doing amazing things and no one knew who they were. And they'd come to us and we would teach them and all of a sudden they'd get on Good Morning America on their own. They would, you know, get on huge podcasts. They would build their businesses and they did it and they felt so fulfilled. And finally they built this confidence and it was just so fulfilling. So we were like, what would happen if we put all of our energy into that and we got rid of the agency and we just played, you know, the stupid idea game. What if we just, you know, threw out some stupid ideas and it turned into, I think the best decision we could have ever made. That was an empowered decision, not from shoulds, mm -hmm. but from who we truly are and what we truly love and what we truly believe in. And so we sold the agency and now we're full on education and events. Which I, I don't know if you guys factored this in, but selling a company as an entrepreneur is a, it's an elite club. Most businesses never get sold. Most businesses either fail or just eventually get winded down. And so it also puts you in a, in an echelon now where as you're teaching others to be seen, you guys are also badass entrepreneurs with a enormous successful exit. And that elevates that whole level. So while you're thinking, oh, well, it is profitable and it is, it has allowed me all this success, putting that exit on your resume of who Jen and Chris are and what you guys are doing, it also shows that, hey, doing these things can get you to that. Because a lot of entrepreneurs and business leaders, they want an exit. Mm -hmm. They're building for that exit. Yeah. Unlike you guys thinking, hey, we want to do what we're so in love with. Some people just want that. Yeah. And you guys know how to do that. And I think what I'm most excited to ask you now is, for our show, it's all about the success formula. And you've yeah. generated that success. And you've given us a few of the tidbits, some of the little rules that you follow, core values or mm -hmm. success formula that Jen works with. But, and I'm assuming the answer, but do you have a pretty clear defined success formula for yourself or core values? Yeah, I've got a lot of core values. One of them we already discussed, it's sticking with the commitments I make with mm -hmm. myself consistently. I was just with five of my best friends and we're uh, like all other entrepreneurial women and we, that's why I'm here. Well, I'm here to see you, <laughs> but you know, we tagged along this little mastermind thing before it. And, um, we all give each other feedback consistently. And that's a gift that I have in this in this small group. We give each other honest feedback. And they're like, Jen, when you say you're gonna do something, you do it. And I'm like, that's, yes. Because I have found that there's two things that move the needle when it comes to success. Two things, always. It always boils down to these two things. Number one, connections and people. 
number one. Because when I connect the dots looking backwards, all of my opportunities have always came from people and connections that I've made. So pouring into other people and giving without wanting anything in return and just being as giving as you possibly can. And you get this, you wrote the whole book on it, okay? <laughs> so networking people, connections. But number two, once you have that connection and you have that network and you have those people, you need to take action because too many people sit around and think about it and daydream about it and visualize about it and vision board about it and think and think and think and think and plan. And they want the perfect plan before they take action. And then before they know it, it's 10 years later and they've been planning and thinking about it and they never did anything. But guess what? You're never gonna figure out the how without the doing first. Clarity follows action. You need to take action with fear in the passenger seat of your car. Mm -hmm. You need to put it there. You need to know that you're gonna be scared. You're gonna know that you might fail. That's okay, because failure is only going to lead you to the next right step. So it's people and then taking consistent action no matter what, doing. Yep. That would be the two. So with that second one, because I think the first one, I couldn't agree more. Make mm -hmm. friends with everybody. Build your relationship capital. It is opportunities come from people. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, I know how meaningful it is to invest in the people and causes that are close to me. And on GoFundMe, it's easy, safe, and powerful to do just that. Whether you're supporting a family member, friend, local business, or charity. And whenever you make a donation, you're protected by the GoFundMe giving guarantee. Visit GoFundMe.com today to help make a positive difference in your community. The second one is a hard one. It's a hard one, I'm assuming, even for you and me. Yeah. I mean, I struggle with it sometimes. Mm -hmm. I catch, I mean, I, I did with my personal brand. I did with this podcast. I mean, I think when I met you the first time was like 2020. And I said to you then, yeah, one of these days I'm going to talk to you about this. And fast forward, it took till December of 22. And I called you, maybe it's November, November or December of last year. And I mm -hmm. said, I'm finally going to do it. Mm -hmm. Give me some advice. Mm -hmm. Picked your brain. Mm -hmm. And it took me two years and I... The guy who, I'm clear on my immediate decisive action. My, mm -hmm. my success value, number three. Mm -hmm. like, I know it. I try to live it. But even I struggle. How do you overcome the days that you struggle? The days where you know that you need to do it. You have the fear. You have the anxiety. You have the I don't knows and the, all the apprehension that comes with it. What do you tell yourself or what is your little personal mantra or thing that you do that says, this is how I'm going to overcome the roadblock? Mm. Yeah. So I resist always at first. I'm, and my husband will tell you this. I am a persistent resistor. I don't know why I do this, but this is like one of the things about me. If you tell me to do something, I'll be like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't know why. I just resist it first. And then I have to like come to the terms that I'm going to take action on it on my own. It's very weird. So I know all about this because I'll get an idea and I'll immediately, my, my brain likes to do this reaction thing where it resists. And it says, no, this is what fear does. Fear's job is to keep you the same. That's its whole job, to keep mm -hmm. you from taking action. So it comes on in and it says lies to us. Like, you're not ready to do that. You don't have the money to do that. You don't have the time to do that. This person wouldn't like it if you did that. You know, you're gonna make this person feel bad if you did that. Now's not, you know, like all of these excuses. And then I'm like, yeah, no, I can't do it. So I start to like give my, get myself off the hook, let myself off the hook. And then I have to acknowledge what I'm doing. That's the hardest part. Understanding that that's happening. So if you're listening to this right now, and you start to hear that loop or you start to hear yourself saying, oh, you can't do that because after you've gotten that big idea, take a pause and just talk to fear. I talk to fear. I have conversations with fear. I do a lot of these 
weird talking to people and things that don't <laughs> exist, but it's helped me in my life, so why not? Uh, so I'll I'll be like, oh, fear, hi. Oh, you legitimately talk to <laughs> it's fear. Legit, I see you, I get it. I know you're telling me that I don't have time. You're telling me that I'm not good enough. You're telling me that you know I, I don't have the energy to do that or I'm gonna be burnt out if I do that or I'm too overwhelmed. This is what my fear usually tells me. You're too overwhelmed, you can't do that. We're always more capable than we think. Mm -hmm. We always have more time than we think. We always have more energy than we think. So then I say, guess what fear? Thank you. Thank you for coming and keeping me safe and like doing your very, very best. But you're gonna sit in the passenger seat of the car. I'm gonna put you there. You're gonna you're gonna be there and I'm driving. You can't touch the radio. You can't yell at me anymore. You're just gonna sit there. We're gonna go together. I know you're gonna be there, but I'm gonna take action on this, this first step anyways. And usually when I have that little conversation with fear, like F you fear, and I give it the finger and I say, put it, sit in the car and shut up. Now, what's the first step that I can do that's the lowest hanging fruit to get me a win? Because motivation and momentum does not come from thinking about it. It doesn't come from looking at a pretty picture or listening to a podcast or reading an inspirational book. Maybe that's inspiring, but it doesn't create momentum or motivation. Momentum and motivation comes from getting a win, from doing something hard and feeling the dopamine from doing that thing and, oh, oh I succeeded, yay, now I wanna do the next thing. So. I think of, okay, fear, shut up, get in the passenger seat of the car. Now, what's the lowest hanging fruit? How can I get a win? So I do the easiest possible thing that I can do in the direction of what I'm gonna do that's gonna get me a win to give me a little bit of motivation to get to the next step. All you gotta do is kickstart that motivation. I call it the confidence continuum. And once you've gotten that little win, it could be the smallest win ever, celebrate it and use that energy to go to that next step. And then it'll give you the next step. And then the next one. That's how the Instagram live was born. I love that. It works too. That yeah. daily commitment, that Kaizen, I, I call it Kaizen. Oh, Get 1% yeah, yeah. better every day. Exactly. Just small micro goals. Win stack. Because mm -hmm. yeah. if you win these little things that Jen's talking about, what happens is you build the confidence. Mm -hmm. And just in time, you'll figure out how to do the next one. Exactly. I mean, now you look like such a pro. Like you could have a TV show getting ready with Jen. I mean, it could be its own actually on TV show. And I guarantee you advertisers would pay a lot of money to advertise during that show. Uh, hey. Just saying, <laughs> yeah. Get all ready the, with me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No, that I think this is how things are, are born, but it's not born from me saying, oh yeah, I'm gonna do, if I sat down and said, I'm gonna do lives every single day and it's be, gonna become a TV show and I'm gonna do it Monday through Friday, I probably would have scared myself out of it and I would have never done it. But I said, no, I'm just gonna do this today. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do this today and it's gonna be scary and it's gonna suck, but I'm gonna do it. And that turned into, okay, I could do it tomorrow. So w on your worst days, yeah, when everything's going wrong mm -hmm. or you didn't sleep, yeah, all those things, all the bad stuff, what do you tell yourself to make you do it on those days? I've had lots of days like that where I had to do the live and I really didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember one in particular, or there's two, one's in my book. My dog, my beloved Dexter, my, the love of my life, my baby, my 14 year old dog died. And Sorry. this was, it's okay. Last year he was old and it was, you know, it was time and it was a peaceful way and everything like that. But either way, it's a really sad time. And I woke up in the morning, I did not want to go live on social media. That was the last thing on the planet earth that I wanted to do, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I just wanted to be sad. And I had this commitment that I made to myself and I thought about it for a second. I was like, Jen, you could probably take this day off. You could take this day off, it, I, it would be okay. You have that option or you can do it and you can be honest and you can be vulnerable and you can allow the world to see you because that's what this is about. 
And I guarantee that there's other people out there that have lost a dog. Maybe if you talk about this, not only can you help somebody else, but you might feel better by helping somebody else and talking about it and being in community. And so what ended up happening is I did it with fear. I did it uncomfortable. I did it even though I didn't feel good. I did it even though my face was puffy from crying and I looked way worse than I normally do with no makeup on. It was like no makeup plus like puffiness, you know, all the things. And I get on and I'm like, guys, I was just real. I was like, today I'm just not feeling it. I'm gonna let you know, but I'm here for you because I made this commitment and I made this commitment to myself and maybe this is gonna help one person. And I talked about, you know, Dexter a little bit and I was honest and I was open. I had a little tear, but you wanna know something so interesting. One of my best friends, Amy Porterfield, she never really joins my life. She's very busy. She's a very successful mm -hmm. entrepreneur, very for the first time ever, she joins my live. I see her there. I, she had never joined one before ever. And all of a sudden, Amy's in my comments saying, I love you, Jen. Um, I miss you. I'm so sorry about Dexter. And just that connection of that person that I loved being there and seeing, if I didn't go live, I wouldn't have, she wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have connected with her in that way. And then she was able to text me after and say, listen, I lost my dog last year. And we had like this moment together and it really made me feel better. So taking action and being real and being open and being vulnerable in that moment when I didn't want to do it, ended up being the greatest gift that I did it anyway. Because Amy and I had a beautiful conversation out about it, made me feel better, made me be connected to my friend. And I got a lot of messages after from people that were like, I lost my dog last year. You know, my dog's really old and sick, that really helped me. And it turned a really crappy situation into a really beautiful moment of learning for me. Because it was then another lesson in show up anyway, because there's always a gift. There's mm -hmm. always a gift. If I didn't show up, then I would have just what, laid in my bed and cried, okay. But there was so much, and now we're having this discussion on this podcast and it's yeah. gonna provide value to other people. It's a snowball. It is a snowball. And it's that taking immediate decisive action, making the determination to show up anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. You know, I was actually, uh, I was at a very good mutual friend of ours, David Meltzer's daughter's graduation mm. and, and his brother, Brett, who's family to me, we were talking and he actually said something and it just, he really hit home. So he did, he's for four years, he's done a mile and a half of walking or running every day. Wow. Sick, not feeling good, travel, doesn't matter. And I said to him, I said, not you haven't missed a single day. Like if you were, he's like, I've done it a couple of times with 102 fever. And I said, how? Right, so naturally the curiosity in me just took over. And so I'm picking, I'm, I'm like sitting there like with my popcorn, like watching a movie and asking questions because it's fascinating to yeah. me how, what makes people tick. And, uh, you know, I've known Brett for 35 years. So to see that side of him was unique. And he was like, Jeff, the thing is, I, as I was telling my wife, I could take a day off, but if I'm an alcoholic and I have just one drink, what happens? Mm -hmm. And he's like, if I take one day off because I'm not feeling good or because of this or because of whatever excuse I come up with, I've now given myself permission to take more. Mm -hmm. And my entire track record and consistency that you talked about mm -hmm. is gone. And by doing it on the days I really don't want to, makes the days I want to even more productive and better. And now I don't even think about it. It's like brushing my teeth. Do we ever take a day off from brushing our teeth? Mm -mm. Never. And so those things that matter most about that consistency and the delivering of value. And for him, it's it's the personal health journey. I mean, he's made so many amazing strides. I'm so proud of him, you know, with with how he's transformed his health and taken his health seriously. And obviously with Everbull, I'm I'm a bit of a fanatic on that front. But to your point, it's very similar to what you're saying about consistently. Like, I don't feel like showing up, but I show up anyway. <clears throat> and a large part of success hides in those moments. That's the differentiator. Because the gen counterpart that's not as good as you and isn't as inspired and motivated and disciplined and committed as you 
who's trying to do the things that you're doing in life, all those days off, all those times where she or he doesn't feel like doing it and they don't, that's the difference. Yeah. It's not the days, it's very easy to do things on the days we all feel like it. And, you know, I think I, just one more piece to that, you know, I, I think it was, it was either Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen talked about it, that they said, it's very easy to train when you feel good. It's very easy to perform and do live the mornings you wake up and you're like, oh, I feel yeah. really good today. I slept mm -hmm. good. I look good. Everything's great. Mm -hmm. It's the days when your dog passed away mm -hmm. or that you had a rough night with something personal yeah. or you didn't sleep or there was a flood in the building and you've traveled and you're on two hours sleep and you don't want to do this. Those are the days where we define success, where we figure out how and what makes us that top 1%, yeah. that little difference. And so I love that you talk about that because I think that so many people need to hear, they see you and, you know, and I see you as a fan of you. And I'm like, oh man, Jen is just perfect. She's such a badass, like in all the things. And to hear that even you have those same struggles, it's, we all do. And to hear you go through that and how you overcome it, I think I'm going to learn from it and take from it. And I think everyone else is going to as well, which is show up anyway. Mm -hmm. Be your authentic self when mm -hmm. you don't want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, yeah, that's why if, if it was easy then everybody would be really successful. And that's why it's so much more worth it too when it was hard, you know? And I, I have this, this thing that I, I do that I'd love to share with the audience because it's really, really powerful for me. And it helps me to get better at doing hard things. I like to pride myself now and like, I'm really good at doing hard shit because I practice doing it all the time. Mm -hmm. Like I just am always doing hard things, even though it's uncomfortable. I know the discomfort's temporary, time doesn't stop. The growth is permanent. It'll be over before I know it. I'll be in my bed. But this is how I train myself to remember that. So you exercise, obviously, right? And so for those of you who exercise, this will be really relevant to you. If you don't exercise, you can think about it in other ways. But And start exercising. Yeah, start exercising. You should. So when I go to the gym, I work out hard. I lift heavy weights. Like I push myself. And I used to do it to be skinny, to be fit, for my body to look a certain way. And yeah, that's a bonus of working out. But now I really do it to push myself mentally to really experience as much discomfort as I possibly can in that time so that I can already know by like the end of that workout, I, I got my reps in, my discomfort reps, my confidence reps, my self-trust reps, that I can get through hard, painful things. So the way that I remind myself that I did that or that I can do that every time is no matter what, when I'm done with my workout, I lay on the mat and I look up at the sky and I have a moment on the mat and I say to myself, here you are on the mat again. You always end up here. <laughs> I oh, it's like a timestamp. You always end up back on the mat, no matter how hard the workout, no matter how hard that rep was or that last mile was so hard. You didn't want to do it. You didn't want to do that last squat. You could have given up. Like no matter what, that discomfort's going to end and you're going to end up laying on the mat, whether you're at your home gym, a hotel gym, the grass outside, you're going to end up laying there. So who do you want to be in the time between the workout starting and the laying on the mat moment? Same thing goes for that conversation was hard. The day was hard. I didn't think I could get through it. I didn't think I could get through that day. You're going to end up in your bed that night looking up at the sky. Are you proud of yourself the way you showed up? No matter what, it's going to end. Mm -hmm. And so when I have that moment, I call it my mat moment. Here I am. <laughs> it kind of subconsciously goes into when I'm working out, when I'm doing hard things. It like, like a little thing inside of me says, Jen, you're going to end up on the mat tomorrow. You're going to end up in your bed tonight. How do you want to show up right now? Can you show up for another one more minute mm -hmm. of this discomfort? Can you push through? I think you can. Because in two seconds, you're going to be on the mat after your workout tomorrow. Yeah. And the thing's going to be over. I love that you call it discomfort reps. I'm going to steal that. Take it. Seriously. Because it is. It's a skill. 
learning how to handle the discomfort, the pain, the the temporary discomfort, it does require reps. It requires skill. It's like getting out of our comfort zone. I talk about that so often, like get out of your comfort zone. And it's hard the first time. But once you do it regularly, like all things, it becomes easier. Mm -hmm. And somebody else told me once to have any type of growth, you have to put weight on it. All things, right? Even mm-hmm. a tree, a plant. Yeah. Growth requires weight. It requires the discomfort. The If you plant a, a tree in a still room and there's no wind and there's no discomfort and there's nothing and it's perfect environment, it has very weak roots. It'll just fall over. But you plant that same tree on the side of a mountain with a lot of, a lot of wind and a lot of rain and a lot of just atmosphere experience hitting it. The roots are strong and that thing is never going anywhere. Mm. It's true with ourselves. Yeah. We have to run towards hard and discomfort. It's the barrier it's the, it's the gate. It's the gatekeeper to all the things we want. And so the more we practice, and that's why working out is great because it's a controlled environment. It's mm-hmm. a simple way to practice regularly. Mm-hmm. Discomfort reps by Jen. You know, you should write a book, not the one that's coming out in October, your second book. I'm <laughs> going to help book? you with Yeah, okay. your second book what is it? should be all these little fun mantras that you have. Mm. All these little fun things from my map moment, discomfort reps, talking to fear. A lot of these things are in be seen. Oh, well, see, I, but, but I bought sec- it. I haven't gotten the book yet. It's not out yet. It's I pre-order. Know. So, yeah, but you can, by the way. I don't send, have patience for that. I'm, I'm going to send you the, the first chapter. I'll actually send you the whole manuscript. You can read it. I want to. Yes. You got it. Can I? Before I, anybody else. Okay. You heard that? I'm going to, I'm a, I'm a sneak peek. <laughs> you got it. Can't wait. Thank you. Well, this has been wonderful, Jen. I am so excited that you came and visited me and came in the studio, got to bless me with some Jen time and- I'm going to come back to New York. We're going to do the acai tour. Yes. Hang out with Chris. Yes. Do a VIP day. Yes. Because I still need to learn from you. I'm trying to grow. I mean, you are such an amazing example of all the things that I think I try to talk about and be, and you are a living, breathing example of that as well. So I am inspired to be around you, and I can't wait to spend more time with you and Chris and be better at being the authentic version of myself because it is something I struggle with. I mean, this personal brand thing, it's scary. Thank you, Jeff. Well, I told you off camera when I came in here how unbelievably impressed I am with you. There's a lot of people that come to me and they say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to build the personal brand. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to do all these things. I'm like, okay, great. Go do it. You said that to me and it was not long until this beautiful studio was built. You had a podcast up. You're sending me your your book, like, like order my book. Here it is. It's coming out today. Everything happened. You took action. You did it. And you've grown faster. The re- Here's, you're also the real deal. This is important. You really are who you say you are. You really have done the work. You've really built an unbelievably successful empire that's going to keep Thank on you. growing and growing. So you're the real deal. So that's obviously why your personal brand is going to take off really, really fast. Because you're just getting on talking about what you know from your experience. It couldn't be, and that's what I told you on the phone. I was like, you couldn't be the more perfect person <laughs> to show people how this is done because you did it. Well, thank you. And you're doing it again with this. And well, I'm so proud of you. It means the world coming from you. Thank you. Because when we met, I've been a fan since that day. Thank I you. love you. I love Chris. I love seeing what you guys are doing. I'm excited for the future you. And before I let you go, what is the next thing in, in Jen's life? The thing that maybe you haven't told anybody or you maybe you don't, if you don't want to, you don't have to. But give us something. What is, what is one thing that maybe you're brainstorming right now that you're going through your, your resistance, your, mm. your dedication to resistance? What did you call it? Oh, my, my resistance. Yes. I, I don't know what I, that was, that was not something that I've ever said before in my life, by the way. Oh. That was like, 
I know that came out on this podcast for the first time. So I need to rewatch that and see yes. how I said that because it was really it was, good. It was really good. I, I resist. I forget what I said yeah. in the sentence, but I'm going to watch this back. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I, I what I initially was resisting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, the most exciting thing that's happening is this book and the marketing of this book and the getting it out there and making it seen and having it be seen, which is so scary on so many levels because I've never ha- written my own book and launched my own book before. It's a lot of asking for help. As you know, it's a lot of putting yourself out there in ways I've never mm-hmm. done before. So that's the the biggest project right now. But my big overall goal, my biggest project of life is that I want to become the greatest motivational speaker of all time. I love that. And that, and it's very scary to say that. And I, I consistently say it out loud because it's a discomfort rep because it's scary to say that because there's people out there like, who is she to say that? You know, like, oh, okay. That's a, you know, that's a brave thing to say. Um, and also if I don't do it, I went around saying to people that I wanted to do it and then I failed. Okay. But I need to say it. I need the universe to hear it. I need whoever out there can give me opportunities can hear it. I need to say it out loud. We need to say what we want out loud. Life's too short not to. So that's my goal. As someone who has heard you speak, you are well on your way. If you're not already there, you are in the elite few. I mean, you are clearly already, as we talked about, I mean, you've been named a top 50 speaker in America. Anyone who's listening who does have a stage, if you haven't had Jen Gottlieb on it, you need to get her on it immediately. It will move your audience. She will put butts in the seats. She will command the attention of the entire room. You are an inspiration already. You are a motivational speaker. You're a motivation. And the speaking part is just the being seen part. And so if you don't know Jen already, today you got the opportunity. You will follow her. Go watch her get ready with her makeup and be inspired (laughs) on a daily basis. Buy her book. I am getting a preview because... Yes, you are. um, I, I don't know why, but I'm so grateful that I do. But I did buy it. It's coming in October. And that that was a that was a cool move because I am like you have me actually so excited for a book and every time I open Amazon I see it's coming in October and I'm like yeah it's only May I know I know when you when you traditionally publish they tell you to announce it way mm-hmm. before because we have all of that time now to like really amp up for it but you know you have something cool to look Future forward to Future bestseller and the world's best motivational speaker yeah you are thank you friend thank you for coming on thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you're looking to level up your relationship capital game, then take a minute and text the word Jeff to 33777 for a free copy of my Network to Millions playbook. The link will also be provided in the show notes below. See you guys next time.